Hello everyone, welcome back to the Spirituality and Magic Podcast. I am your host, Hunter Salazar, and today we're doing the uh, part four of Metaphysically Interpreting the Bible. So this is on page four of the King James Bible, uh, Genesis 4. So we're, we're going to continue where we left off, and we just did page three in the last episode of this uh, series. So we're going to go ahead and uh, start off at the top of page four. And Zillai, she also bare Tubal Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. And the sister of Tubal Cain was Naamah. And Lamech said unto his wives, Ida and Zillah, Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech. Hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding. And a young man to my hurt. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold. Okay, so this might be a stretch for a lot of people, but when we get into when we get into um, people being avenged a certain amount of times. Uh, I've seen this in other texts and other religions, and it oftentimes refers to the karma that travels through either a family's folk spirit, which means people reborn into the same family again and again and again, or that karma travels with them throughout their lives, even in other families. So let's go to the next line. And Adam knew his wife again, and she Bear him, uh, she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God, said she, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also, there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. So for some reason, Enos uh, either was an incredibly good person or bad person, and um, people called upon the name of the Lord probably because they felt that this was a fortunate child that came into being. Chapter 5. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him, male and female created he them, and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Okay, so when we're talking about um, male and female created he them, and blessed them, and called their name Adam. So we're talking about a continuation from Adam, and then Eve is kind of uh, considered as the female. Three, and Adam lived a hundred and thirty years, and begat a son in his own likeness, and his image, and called his name Seth, reinstating that. Um, so we get back to the idea. So this happens even in uh, ancient Greek culture where in ancient Greek culture, men were much stronger back, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago. Men have become weaker. In the biblical uh, generations, people live shorter and shorter lives. Well, not all, but but many. And uh, Adam living for that amount of time just... It reinstates, whatever it might mean, that people just lived longer back then. 
And for somebody who grows up in the Middle Ages or even Renaissance, I mean, they're lucky if they can get to 60. But 130 years, that is, uh, that's quite a feat. So that would stand out to somebody. Not sure if it's designed that way, but it would stand out to people, especially those selecting the pages for them, or selecting what goes into the Bible. Four. And the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were 800 years, and he, be he begat sons and daughters. Okay, I'm not going to be breaking down um, every one of these generations, so I'll just go ahead and read. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. So that's a long time. And Seth lived 105 years, and begat Enos. And Seth lived after he begat Enos eight hundred and seven years, and begat sons and daughters. So uh, I kind of misread as far as like how somebody lived lived earlier. We're talking about many hundreds of years uh, for most of these people that are in this generation. And all the days of Seth were nine hundred and twelve years, and he died. And Enos lived ninety years, and begat Canaan. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan eight hundred and fifteen years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enos were nine hundred and five years, and he died. And Canaan lived seventy years, and begat Mahalalel. And Canaan lived after he begat Mahalel eight hundred and forty years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Canaan were nine hundred and ten years, and he died. And Mahalil lived sixty and five years, and begat Jared. And Mahalil lived after he begat Jared eight hundred and thirty years, and he begat sons and daughters. So we're feeling like these, these people must be giants, they must be so healthy, they must be so close to God to live so long. 17. And all the days of Mahalil were eight hundred ninety and five years, and he died. And Jared lived a hundred sixty and two hundred years, and begat Enoch. And Jared lived after he begot Enoch 800 years, and he begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 960 and two years, and he died. And Enoch lived 60 and five years, and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years, and Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. And, and Methuselah lived an hundred eighty and seven years, and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech seven hundred eighty and two years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were nine hundred sixty and nine years, and he died. And Lamech died. And a hundred eighty and two years, and begat a son. And he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. So there's a message in um, concerning the toil of the hands and uh, why we have to do it because and what has the Lord the Lord has cursed <laughs> hath cursed, and Lamech lived after he begat Noah five hundred ninety and five years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were seven hundred seventy and seven years, and he died. And Noah was five hundred years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So a lot of these 
so these generations, they really, they really establish through numerology this the significance of every individual, and it also shows it's it's trying to put a time a time stamp on those generations that were between us and Adam and Eve. There's not a whole lot of other depth uh, to these. Unless you were a numerologist, which I am surely not. Chapter 6. And it came to pass when men began to multiply in the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and they were fair, and they took them uh, wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it re repented and it repented the lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart so when it says the uh the sons of god saw the daughters of man so we're talking about there's a lot of talk of um angels coming down in interpretations that i've read angels coming down who were enticed by human women Male angels coming down and having and having intercourse with them and producing uh, beings that were kind of half angel and half man. Um, but those angels that came down, they were not the angels that stayed. They became something else. They're the angels that came down because of lust, and that lust did not allow them to get back into heaven. But we're going to get to that eventually. And uh, when it says God, uh, he was hurt as his heart. Uh, God God knew how all this would play out. Omniscient. Omnipotent. But he knew it had to play out in this way, even if it was bad, so that creation could, could continue. And the daughters of men. So we... And bear their, and bear their children. Um, so we, we, we obviously get the, the hint that the angels that came down, they were not women that had sex with male humans. It was angels that came down and had sex uh, with human females. Uh, so this was a this was a part of the transition and the production of various kinds of beings on the earth. And the Lord said, "I will destroy man." We're going to page seven. We're going to page five here, Genesis seven, and it's the flood. Also, giants and uh, the the qualities of that combination of angel and human women, uh, giants, and, you know, various beings. At any rate, uh, the flood, five, Genesis, or page 5, Genesis 7. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. So at this point, God seems to have fully human attributes. Um... He's angry now. Uh, he 
he created and it didn't work out and he's angry about it. Uh, it's hard to... It's it 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 always feels like it always feels like man is trying to to plaster emotion onto God because of what he did. It feels like that more than God actually being this way. Because if you're omnipotent, omniscient, God, God doesn't not know what's going to happen, and he doesn't feel anger. He doesn't feel. He doesn't feel um, sadness like human beings do. He's not. He doesn't have the capacities that we do. He has. He has infinity. Um, so th- these these segments are these stanzas are us trying to understand why God did what He did, and we can only understand it through emotion because human beings are very emotional beings. It's hard to understand omniscience, omnipotence. Okay, so for it repents me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And also there's there's flood myths throughout many cultures and Hinduism as well. And um, uh, among Nordic peoples. Uh, among basically everybody, there's, there's this idea of the flood and why it happened. It's most certain that it happened. It's just that everybody has different interpretations. And that doesn't mean that any one culture is correct or incorrect. It just means that we understand it in different ways. Eight, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There are the generations of Noah. Noah was just a man, was just was a just man, and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons: Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Seeing these names come about again, the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. In the Hindu Mahabharata, it said that. Um, Krishna, Vishnu came to earth as Krishna because uh, the goddess earth, man had too hard milked the udders of earth and too frequently. And there were too many of us that that earth could not sustain us and was tired. And so Krishna, well, Vishnu in the form of Krishna came to earth in order to get rid of all of those who were... Um, I guess you can say materialistic. The material kings, the prideful. Those people who had power but did everything bad with it. But let's go ahead and continue with this Bible. (laughs) The earth was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth and behold it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted his way his way upon the earth so everybody was mixing way too freely. And God said unto Noah and end all flesh... Uh, the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So using the spirit of earth, the capabilities of earth to destroy man, upon which uh, he placed. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms uh, shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. And a window shall make, shalt thou make to the ark. And in a cubit that thou uh, shalt thou f- uh, finish it above. And the door of the ark 
shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of water, waters upon the earth, to destroy all flesh, wherein is a breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. Okay, we're, so we're talking about... You can't make entire species... You can't replenish entire species with one male and one female. It is often argued by people who want to interpret the Bible literally that DNA or, or um, fertility and the reproduction of animals and man back then, uh, inbreeding did not produce bad results like it does now. That we've been getting worse, that our fertility, our something like our DNA or our ability to to produce as much, uh, you know, pure human beings or beast producing pure beasts has diminished. And that's why back then you just needed one male and one female of every species. I think that it means that you need one grand spirit of each. I think that Noah's Ark is more of the spirit of each being able to manifest after the flood and manifest into the material it makes it makes more sense if we have these grand souls that can once again delineate and create um, more versions of themselves or manifest more versions of, of themselves. And whatever, even if it's more literal and every animal, you know, there's enough of every animal and there was enough human beings to survive that it, we, they were able to reproduce. I do not think for a minute that it was easier for a male and a female of every species to reproduce the entire races that we see now. When I say race, I mean species of animals. And I don't say race when I refer to man because there's only really one race. That's the human race. So I don't think that with this small amount of males and females in the human race that we could have reproduced everybody that we have now effectively and without having... So something very wrong happened, you know, along the sh shortly after that, uh, as far as deformation and uh, uh, a breaking down of genetics and DNA. Uh, I, I'm entering a lot of DNA references um, because it, it it makes sense to me. You know, we understand this now. So we now then I also say that of course species and when I come to the animal species. I talk about great spirits, like grandfather, grandmother spirits. I think that there was enough of each species to that survived to replenish themselves. I don't think it was Noah's Ark. I think it was the the most deserving karmically of these of these animals, or the grandmother and grandfather spirits, thinking in a Native American light, um, were able to manifest uh, many of the male and female of every species, uh, even after the flood. And through uh, more energetic, not corporeal means. At any rate, these are just some of my ideas. Um, so let us continue.
And every and of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after their kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee all uh, of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah accordingly to all that God commanded him, so did he. All right, we're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll continue. All right, everyone, we are back for the second half of this page. Page 5, Genesis 7, the flood, chapter 7. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Um, of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, and the male and his female. Of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. So why would God do this? So there's there's two ways to look at this. We can we can look at it that, you know, God was really angry. He's mad at the decisions the the decisions that were made. Or, that human beings are trying to explain why God did it. Maybe what manifested human beings and animals needed to be needed to be manifested for a time in order to create enough fertility for the land even if it was covered by ocean afterwards to be fertile for what comes next perhaps there's a question and an assertion of fertility perhaps there's a question of what needs to die in order for later life to live. And then we'll continue forward for uh, five. And Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Of clean beasts and of beasts that are not clean, and of fowls, and ever, of everything that creepeth upon the earth. So when it says beasts that aren't clean, um, when it says that the beasts that are not clean, it, it honestly might be referring to even the nature of man and the unclean parts of us that were kept. Like there was no just pure humanity that survived. It was also the negative parts of us. And that honestly could replenish later on. Maybe it wasn't just the purity, but it was also the negative parts of us. Because unclean beasts, it very much, it could refer to beasts that were just like very dirty. But I find that interpretation very shallow in my understanding. Okay, so nine. There went in two and two unto Noah, into the ark, the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. 
And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. Okay. Okay, so in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened up. Now, of course, this is clearly referring to rain and the torrential rains. Um, it's referring to like something like earthquakes. Um, a lot of disheveling of land, water, and everything you need to destroy life. Uh, but every time it refers to heaven... I always think that, you know, when the heavens open up, you know, there was there was a function between God just didn't God doesn't do it directly himself. There's a function. There there's a chain of of command that he basically influences that causes you know, the various beings below him in heaven to enact what needs to be done in this case opening up the heavens. And allowing the ground to break up and things like that. And the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Okay, so we see 40 days and 40 nights in a number of ways. Um, You know, Moses led led the Jews into, well, we'll we'll just say the Jews for now. Led the Jews into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, Well, no, no, it it was 40 years. But we we hear the word forty. I mean, we hear the we hear the term forty, again and again, and I often I can't interpret it. I know that Moses leading the people into the desert for forty years doesn't make sense. It could be it mean that the it took forty years for the religion to be established, but um, we see we see the term forty popping up again and again, and we're gonna see it happen. We're gonna see this pop up in the future as well, much further down the line. At any rate, thirteen. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. They and every beast after his kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort. So even if there's... I don't mean to insert this. This is kind of kind of dickish. But even if there's like twenty of every species, it's just not enough DNA. Um, so there has to be a deeper meaning. I, I'm actually re- reaching for actually making this plausible. That's why I wanted to want there to be a deeper meaning because I could just I could just tear this apart the whole book uh, and just not allow it to make sense. And it's like, oh, this is ridiculous. But I, I try to make this make sense, and that's really what I try to do with the Bible. I try to make it make sense. I don't try to talk about how it's ridiculous because then we don't really learn anything spiritually. And it's not just the Bible that we need to learn spiritually. It's it's our ability to see things for what they are, what they're meant to be. At any rate, and they went in unto Noah into the ark, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. And the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the waters increased, and bare up the ark, and it was lift up above the earth. 
Okay, so I I sometimes get the feeling that I want to be ancient alieny. <laughs> There's a lot of ancient alien theories I couldn't plug in here, but I mean, I I don't I don't want to go that route. I I don't necessarily say that um, the ancient aliens aren't a thing. It's just that that route is is too easy to be honest. Uh, there's deeper meaning to everything, even if the material reality was slightly different. Everything that exists here, uh, there are equivalencies in the realms, the pure realms of thought, that is, the causal realms, where material doesn't need to exist. At any rate, 18, and the waters prevailed and were in, increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters and the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered 20 15 cubits upon did the waters prevail and the mountains were covered 21 and all flesh died that moved upon the earth both of fowl and of cattle and of beasts and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth and every man and i assume those beings who were not completely man as well. So we are at the end of we are at the end of this part, part four. Um, I kind of went from page four to five because we had a lot of generations in there that aren't completely significant to this interpretation. Um, I hope that you uh, I hope that you got something from this. I uh, I really enjoy trying to interpret the Bible with the knowledge that I think that I have. I by no means think that I am a I am the source on this, but I've learned enough to see just behind what they're saying here, and that it's one of the reasons I love the Bible, because so many people interpret it just materially and basically, and it really kills everything that's in the Bible. It, it might not, it might as well not exist. If we're taking it literally and just at face value, but just behind the words, there's more, and. The more you think about it, and the, the more you understand, the more you realize about the multiverse and yourself and people and beings. The more you know, the more you realize about everything, the more you can get from the Bible. And so, yeah, I just want to leave you with that at the end of this part four. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this. You will be hearing a part five within the near future. At any rate, all of you have a wonderful day. And be well.